The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Illuminating Feng Shui with Kathleen Zamansky. Are you seeking effective ways to increase efficiency, productivity, and accountability while boosting your bottom line? In our program, Kathleen and her guests will impart wisdom and proven techniques to help you tap into the universal energies of Feng Shui and Chinese metaphysics. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Zamansky. Welcome, I'm Kathleen Zemanski and this is Illuminating Feng Shui. Today I'm going to be talking with Edward Brown and we're going to be talking about life insurance, real estate, mortgage investments and you know just a, a good way for you to think about how you can use your money. And then you're also going to hear later in the program today my Feng Shui tip and today I'm going to talk about some of the industries that are going to do really well in 2017 as well as some of the animals and elements that you should be concerned about or being, you know, look for to help you have a better year. First, I'd like to introduce my guest today. His name is Edward Brown. He currently is an investor re- relations for Pacific Private Money, the CEO of Equity Bank Corp in, uh, Inc., and the president of EB Enterprises. He's also a radio host for Best of Investing. I was just on that radio program. It was a lot of fun. Uh, business program in the San Francisco Bay Area. And he does also Sports Econ 101 on Sports Byline, a nationally syndicated show. Now, Edward's a professional. He has so many accomplishments, but he this, I thought, was a very interesting factoid. I'd like to know a little bit more about this as well. He was an expert witness in arbitration and court cases, dealing with investments and being an expert witness consultant regarding tax returns, fraudulent financial statements, and information in the largest judgment in the U.S. history, which was $50 million, against a gun manufacturer where spreadsheets from the case are published in the U.S. bankruptcy court proceedings. He's got a lot of uh, professional licenses, uh, seven security licenses, life and disability insurance license. He's a certified fund specialist, California real estate Sales license and California licensed tax preparer. I don't know how you have time to meet with me today, (laughs) but welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you. Uh, People ask me, what do I do for a living? Continuing education. That's what I do. There you go. There you go. Well, I guess I'm a lifelong learner as well. I don't have as many... Uh, in such diverse fields as well um, of of licenses, but um, anyway, we're very, really happy to have you on your on the show today. Thank you. So I like to start out with all of my guests to find out what they either know or have experienced about feng shui, astrology, or auspicious timing. So there you um, go. I know how to spell feng shui. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Have you had any experience at all, or have you heard any even crazy stories about feng shui? 
Um, no, I've been given a few tips about, uh, you know, how to position your office so that, you know, people walking in don't see your back, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But mm-hmm. That's kind of my limitation on it. Yeah. yeah my well, wife my wife has a lot of in- intuition about certain things, but uh, specifically feng shui, uh, no, I don't know that much about it. Okay. Well, you know, whoever gave you the tip about not having your back when you first walk into an office, that is actually a good tip. It's actually a common sense tip as well because you know back in the ancient times they they were more worried about you know somebody storming into your office and, and killing you and killing yeah, exactly. you right yeah. <laughs> whereas now today it's more of an ergonomic nightmare because you are intuitively when someone passes by um, unless you got a head canceling headset on or something like that you you may be turning around a lot just sure. to see who's passed and it can be very disruptive to your workflow etc so you know setting up your desk in a way where you can put your computer where you're tapping into some power directions for yourself is probably one of the best things that you can do when you're setting up your office but whoever gave you that tip was Right on the right track right about track. that. So that that's that's not something that's too outlandish. Okay. All right. Well, let's start talking about you a little bit. Okay. So I understand you have some secrets to share about purchasing life insurance. So can you let our audience know about sure. that? Sure. Okay. So basically, you've got two types of insurance. We're talking strictly life insurance now. Okay. Term insurance, where you can buy for a specific term, uh, five year, ten year, twenty, all the way up to thirty five years. Then they also have what they call permanent insurance. That includes whole life insurance, uh, universal life, and, and, and the sort. And one of the, the first secrets that I want to share is that uh, this may come as a surprise, and this is just a generalization, but generally speaking, the larger the insurance, the worse they are. And what I mean by worse is, is that they, they cost too much. That's not in all cases, because sometimes I've found that Companies like, you know, the ones we all know about, you know, Metropolitan and Prudential may have the lowest costs, but it all depends on the age, uh, whether it's male or female, whether there's any health history uh, issues, whether there's, you know, person's going for a 10-year policy, uh, someone who wants a 10-year term uh, might get a better quote from, let's say, Prudential, but when they ask for a 25-year term, it might be North American or some company they've never heard of. And when I've talked to potential clients about uh, just looking at some quotes and they say, well, yeah, I've never heard of, you know, XYZ insurance company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the kind of companies I deal with, you know, they're all at least uh, have decent reputations, but there's, you know, I don't know, four or 5,000 insurance companies out there. I'm sure most people don't know all of them. And here's the, the one main thing I wanted to point out about that is that even if you haven't heard of an insurance company, as long as they've been around for a, a fair amount of time, let's say you know 50 plus years, and they have at least you know a, a, an A rating, if I'm not mistaken, there has never, now insurance companies have been around for a, at least a few hundred years, there has never been a situation where an insurance company has not paid a death claim on a life insurance policy. Now, there have been companies that have gone under and maybe the shareholders or annuity holders or bondholders got hurt, but the people who have life insurance, where they you know have a hundred thousand or a million dollar life insurance benefit, that's always been paid. And mostly the reason is because that you know they either reinsure it or, like in California, they have uh, extra insurance that kind of covers in case there is a shortfall. 
But even with uh, some of the name companies, like I remember Executive Life was a company in the 80s and 90s that had gone under, so to speak. Uh, and some of the annuity holders didn't do as well as they were promised. But all the life insurance holders, their, their beneficiaries got paid. You know, it's one of those sacred cow type mm-hmm. of things. So, uh, you know, what I do is I'm and I'll plug myself here for just a minute. I'm completely independent. So I'm, I'm not beholden to any one company. Uh, I remember there was a, uh, a company I won't name, but there was a, a, an agent for this one company that was trying to compete against an associate of mine. Um, and he was telling this one doctor, well, you know, I, I work for XYZ insurance company and we insure one out of every four people. And my associate looks at me and says, so one out of every four people in the world's Chinese. What does that matter? You know? And again, I'm not picking on any, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a numbers game from that end of it, right? So what he was uh, basically getting at is it didn't matter what the name of the insurance company was. And again, someone like me, I'm, I'm completely independent. So what I do is I have um, computer programs that basically just punch in the information, the age, um, how much insurance person wants, what term they want. And I let the computer figure out. You know, if the person wants a 10-year policy, it might be X company. If the person wants a 25-year policy, it might be Y. And I, I personally never ask the what the commission is because I don't want to even get potentially swayed one way or the other. I just want to do whatever is best for the client. Um, and the, the main thing I like about these term policies is that they're very inexpensive. Uh, I mean, I've had clients come in their 30s and they'll buy a 35-year policy that's guaranteed not to go up for 35 years. This is probably the last insurance policy that they'll ever have to buy. Uh, and the premium might be, you know, $500 a year for three, $400,000. So it's very, very inexpensive. The only time that I have suggested that people should look at one of the permanent policies is if they can push the premium to the maximum that the IRS will allow. What I mean by that is, let's say someone wants a million dollar policy and the insure, let's say the insurance side of it costs $1,000, but the person wants to take advantage of the fact that the IRS allows uh, insurance policies to build up tax deferred or, to, or potentially even tax free income within the policy. So the person says, gosh, I'd love to deposit you know, $900,000 in this and earn a big interest rate tax-free. IRS says, no, 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 no. We come up with these rules called modified endowment contract, and that limits how much a person is allowed to put in. So generally speaking, um, I'm trying to get too complicated here, but it, it only makes sense to do one of those permanent policies if the person can afford to push to the close to the maximum what the IRS will allow. Then they can allow all of this money to accumulate tax-free, and then when they want to use it as a retirement, they just basically borrow against the life insurance, and, it, and it's tax-free. But most people can't afford to put in fifty dollars or $100,000 a year into a policy. They're better off just buying the term policy for $500 and investing the difference somewhere else. So I have a question, actually, because I'm... I, I'm uh life insurance ignorant, if you will. Um, So, you know, I see like these commercials that are on television that, you know, there's, there's several different, different levels. One would be, you know, we don't care if you're, you know, basically on your deathbed, you still can get, you know, this life insurance policy. Okay. Good good point. Uh, And again, uh, no, no names here, but 
here's a here's another I'm glad you reminded me of that. Here's another secret. If you can if you're healthy, do not go with a company that says we'll insure anybody. Right. Because they're going to put you into a big pool full, you know, they're assuming that people who come to them are not healthy and their premiums are going to be extremely high. So if you're willing to go through you know, getting your blood pressure checked and, you know, they may have to draw a little blood. And if you get a, a large insurance policy, they may, you know, do an EKG. But all that's very convenient. They'll come to your house or your office whenever it's convenient for you. It doesn't cost you anything. So uh, whenever you see that stuff on TV, the, the, the only people who I say should go for those are the people who, yeah, if you're on your deathbed and, and they're willing to pay you even on your deathbed, that's that's go your only it. choice. Yeah. So another question I have is, if I was, you know, an ideal age, when would you say would be the smartest time for somebody to invest in life insurance? Right. And when you say invest, you're talking about just buying, like, Buy, buying yeah. one of the term, term right. policies. Yeah, because right. that part of it's not an investment. Right. right? It's, 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 you know, money down the rat hole. I'll right. be really honest about yep, it. Yep, oh, yep. by the way, from... My personal bank account, mm-hmm. I would love to sell those big policies where the big premiums, because I make big commissions on oh, that. Those, but yeah. yeah, but that's not that's not as best for the client, right. I, in my opinion. Right. Okay? Um, I would say that you, when I say get it as early as possible, if you can get it when you're in your 20s or 30s and you can get a policy that's guaranteed not to go up for 30 or 35 years, Remember, you can always cancel at any time, mm-hmm. but the insurance company cannot cancel you mm-hmm. unless you don't pay the premium. Right. Right. And if interest rates, or excuse me, if, if the premiums go down, then you can always go and try to get another policy somewhere. Right. So when, okay, so I ideally 20, I missed that. I missed that okay. window slightly. <laughs> then do it as soon as possible. Then. So, so, okay, I'm in, you know, my 60s now. Okay. Does it still make sense? I have no children. Well, then my question is, who do you want to leave the money to? You can't take it with you. No, that's true. Right. But so, so I can make a beneficiary, I don't know, a spiritual community or something like that? Or does it have to yeah, be a yeah. person? Well, I don't know. Usually you have to have a, uh, an, in, uh, an insurable interest. Um, you probably can leave it to a charity mm-hmm. uh, because that's a little different than just leaving it to Joe Blow on the block. Right. Um, so that's probably okay. And it's still relatively inexpensive. And again, females uh, uh, get better rates than males on average because they live longer. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Another advantage for us yeah. girls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, right and, now I would do like. You want to give me information? Or, yeah. Or <laughs> right now I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsor, Saddler Inc. Insurance. And I personally have my insurance with Saddler. And this is for my home, auto health, workers comp, and all my business insurance. So the staff at Saddler is very dedicated to help giving you the best coverage at the best price. It's not a matter of if you're going to need insurance, it's when. So for real customer service for all your insurance needs, check out. Saddler at www.saddlerinc.com. Stay tuned for more on, on illuminating feng shui. When we come back, I'll continue the conversation with Edward Brown. We'll talk a little bit more about life insurance, but we're also going to talk a bit about real estate mortgage investments, which is a really juicy topic. We'll be right back. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
highly successful people know that timing is everything. Kathleen Zamansky's Time Blazer Business Management System taps the ancient wisdom of auspicious timing for your business success. The Time Blazer decodes ancient Chinese wisdom into standard business concepts to help you make crucial decisions at the correct time, whether it's about business, career, education, travel, or even the best time to walk away from a partnership. Find out more at 5elementsgroup.com. That's number 5elementsgroup.com. Do you second-guess your business decisions? Whether you struggle or succeed in business depends on you. What if you had access to foretell when certain days and times were vibrant to help you excel in your personal and professional endeavors? You were born with a business DNA. With a 5 Elements Business Astrology Reading, timing is everything, and the time is now. Why wing it when you were born with a unique birth map? For your free business astrology chart, visit freebusinessastrology.com. That's freebusinessastrology.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Illuminating Feng Shui. To reach Kathleen or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Kathleen at 5elementsgroup.com. Now, back to Illuminating Feng Shui. Welcome back. This is your host, Kathleen Zemanski. Today we're joined by Edward Brown, and we're talking about life insurance, investing in mortgages, and we we kind of got deeply into the life insurance piece of it, but there's a there, there's some kind of a new concept for me just in the last couple of years. I didn't really know about this, but um, you get fairly high yields in investing in mortgages. So how does that work? Okay, so basically, what does one do when one wants money for a, a real estate loan? What's the first thing you think of? I got to get money somewhere. Yeah, And where do you go? The bank. The bank, right. okay. So right now, the banks, let's say you're lending on, uh, we'll talk about personal residences. Right now, interest rates are around 4%. In the U.S. In the U.S., yes, that's right. So you want to go buy a house, you go to the bank, uh, you want to buy a house, uh, you put down, you know, 20%, 30%, whatever, and the bank lends it to you at 4% and you're happy. What happens, though, if you have a situation where the bank either turns you down because you don't quite fit into their box, Mm -hmm. and that could be a number of factors. Maybe uh, your FICO score is not quite as high. Or maybe there's a situation where you have the opportunity to buy a house at a really good value, but the catch is you got to close the deal in three weeks and Mm. the bank can't work fast enough because they have to get their own appraiser and they have to review it and levels of approval and all that. And let's say you don't have friends or family who can lend you the money. Now, where do you go? Well, yeah, I've used all my resources, all resources. Yeah, family no, friends no. Exactly. Uh, okay. Now, okay. So maybe the bank will do this or maybe you'll just know of a mortgage broker. Sometimes we actually get referrals from banks themselves because where we are is uh, at Pacific Private Money, we do private mortgages. We're, imagine us just like a bank, but we can work a lot faster because we don't have to, all those 
banking reg we have some banking regulations the dot frank and all that but we can make a decision quickly so we want to hear the story and if you've got enough of a down payment because our loans are actually a little bit more conservative than the banks because the bank might lend you 80 percent of the money to buy a house we won't lend 80 percent we might go 70 percent or less but the, and and here's the, here's the catch though mm. it's going to cost you more but there's no prepayment penalty. Mm. So you can borrow the money from us. And of course, you have to pay some points. Mm-hmm. But then you can turn around and put your application in with the bank and refinance it out later on. And now you've owned your house. You got the, the, the dream house that you wanted. Right. You got a good deal on it because you were able to close in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, if you, you know, here in the Bay Area, there's been a big issue the last few years. It's slowed down a bit, but there's a big issue of buyers getting outbid for houses. And people were getting very frustrated because all this money was coming in and you know, buying all cash uh, for real estate. And people say, gosh, I can't buy all, re- all cash. I have to go to, to the bank. It's going to take me time. Well, a lot of people that lately have been putting all cash offers in and using us as that funding source. Oh. So they buy the property all cash, which is 70% of money from us, 30% from them. They buy the house and then they turn around and refinance with the bank. So we have lent money to people who have 800 FICO scores, who make lots and lots of money. But the reason they came to us is they needed speed. The bank just couldn't work fast enough. Mm. Now the rates are going to be higher. Mm-hmm. So we might charge you 9% instead of 4%. And we might charge a couple of points. And you go, oh my gosh, that's expensive. But if you're able to get a really good deal on the house, you'll more than make up for that. As well as the fact of maybe this is your dream house and you just want that house. Right. So when a person buys a piece of real estate that way, you know, like banks will have, you know, 25, 30 year, you know, Mortgages on them is, is that we're short it? term. We're short, short term. term. Yeah. So we've done loans in as this is kind of crazy, but we've done loans in as fast as forty eight hours. We don't like to do that though, because you know we very we, stressful. We, we, yes, exactly. <laughs> we you know give us at least a week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we can fund very quickly, and generally our loans that we make are from six months to three years. Which we, we and, and nobody wants to keep our loans for three years. Right? Who wants to pay 9% for three years right. when you can eventually get the money at the bank or sell the property? Oh, so then they before. would refinance just so they Correct. can get in that ideal place, pay you off, and then get into a more comfortable exactly. long-term loan. Got it. So so the the term hard money lending, yes. is that what we're talking about here? Yes. that's It's kind of a crass way of putting it, but yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. We, we, we like to call it... Private lending, private but it's, lending. yeah, it, I mean, it's not loan sharking, but it is, uh, it is considered hard money because it's, it's not that it's hard to get, but it's, it's, it's hard to swallow those kind of right, rates. <laughs> right. Now, the other thing that I understand, and again, my, our topic today is, um, I'm, I'm very ignorant on many, many of the things we're going to be talking about. Although I had some experience, some bad experience, we can talk about that in a bit. But um, so, if somebody you get you get this money somewhere, it's not a bank Correct. backing you. So, how are you getting that money for people to to turn around and loan from you? Yeah, on, on a couple, of, a, yeah. a couple of ways. One, we actually have a fund mm-hmm. that has the money, mm-hmm. uh, but also we have individual in, investors. 
So let's say you are somebody who likes to invest money. Uh, let's say you're, you're, you're more, rather than you being the borrower needing mm-hmm. to buy the house, you're an investor. Mm-hmm. You want to put money in the bank, but unfortunately the bank's not paying a high enough rate of return. You put your money in the stock market, which you know may or may not make you money. Um, and we also have the ability to pay clients out at between seven and a half to you know 9% interest mm-hmm. on their money backed by these mortgages. So you then would effectively be the bank. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we keep a spread. So mm-hmm. if we let's say we charge the borrower 9.5% and we pay you 75 Got it. So that we keep the 2% spread. Right. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, some people go and they, they look and they say, well, gosh, you know, what, what's the risk on that? Well, that was a question I was going to ask you. There you go. Okay. What level of risk are we looking at? Okay. So let's let's say we're talking about, just to make the numbers simple, a million dollar house. The borrower in this case is going to put down $350,000 and you're going to lend them $650,000. You just just happen to have $650,000 laying around not doing anything. (laughs) Yeah, under my mattress. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Again, what every, to me, from an investment standpoint, everything's based on, on alternatives. You can stick the money under the mattress, right? You know it's there, that's assuming it doesn't you know, get broken into your house, uh, but it doesn't earn any interest. The next best thing are like T-bills or FDIC-insured bank accounts, which is very conservative, but it doesn't pay enough interest. Okay? And on the flip side, you could you know, go to Vegas and, <laughs> and put it all on red and mm-hmm. you know, maybe you win, maybe, maybe you don't. So anyway, um, in this case, what would happen is, you know, you'd get, let's say, seven and a half percent on your money and you would actually hold if you're an individual investor, you would actually hold that deed of trust. You would be the bank, just like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, any of the big banks, your name would be on that deed of trust so that if that borrower doesn't pay you back your six hundred and fifty thousand plus interest, you would be able to foreclose on that person and own the house. Got it. And there are a lot of people who've made a lot of money that way. I'm not talking about people with mustaches and put people under railroad tracks. Right. You know, because generally speaking, uh, the people we deal with are not what they call loan to own. They're just nice people who say, listen, I want to get a higher interest rate than I'm earning in the bank. I don't like the risk of the stock market. I want to be like a coupon clipper, as they say. Right. I just want to know every month I'm going to get my monthly check. And if for some reason the, the borrower doesn't pay, well, okay, I can foreclose and take the house. How many times has that happened that you've had to actually go you know, you know, that in, route? <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, uh, at Pacific Private Money, we've done about over tw- we've done let's put it this way over twelve hundred loans, mm-hmm. and less than one percent have gone into the part where foreclosures had to happen. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because we're not doing ninety percent loan to value. We're doing sixty percent up to maybe seventy percent loan to value. And I mean, imagine if you're that borrower and you put in the, the example I gave you, it, you put down three hundred fifty thousand and you got a loan for six fifty. Uh, are you going to walk away from three hundred fifty thousand dollars as the borrower? I mean, you're going to do everything in your power, you know, to to make sure that you pay that loan back right. or work out something else, right? right. Um, and even when it's funny, you know. We, we talk about in 2008, mm-hmm. you know, the stock market crash, right? We talk about the real estate crash, but the, but actually the, the real estate market didn't crash. It was declining. It didn't crash overnight. It took a slow decline. And, you know, even though we made loans in 2008, 9, 10, 11, and 12, I mean, 
the, the, the theoretically the the real estate was still going down, but all of our borrowers paid off. And I'll tell you, the couple of cases where we actually did have a real foreclosure, it's kind of the best thing that ever happened to us, you know, because we actually ended up making making more money than we anticipated. You know, we, we don't purposely put people in that position. We don't want people to to fail. Right. But you know, we need to protect ourselves and our clients. Sure. But here's here's one of the major. Uh, I know eventually we'll get to this question, so I'll go ahead and answer it now. This used to be called the best kept secret in investing. I mean, imagine getting seven and a half in today's market, getting seven and a half percent on your money with this kind of quote security. Right? right, you have a mortgage based on the house. No one, even if anybody else died in the company, you still own that mortgage. Okay. Here is the problem that. There were so there was so much money chasing so little deals nowadays because it's not it's not a secret anymore. So what ended up happening was we would send out a blast email. Let's say we get this situation again, $350,000 down, $650,000 is the loan that this person needs, 780 FICO score, perfect credit. I mean, everything's perfect for this borrower. It should be a bankable person. Problem is, again, they needed to get quick. the money very quick. Okay. So what would end up happening is we were sending out blast emails to, let's say, 50 of our top clients. And within 20 minutes, five people said, yes, I'll take it. Oh, oops. <laughs> uh, only one of you can have it. And right. four of you are now disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't take too many of those to start upsetting your client base. Mm-hmm. Eventually, your clients say, you know what? Don't even send it to me unless I can have it and give me at least, you know, 24 hours to decide. Oh, wow. See, and that, and that becomes a problem when someone, let's say, needs to close in a week. Mm-hmm. It's got to really make sure they have the money. Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do a few years ago is we set up a fund. So imagine a mutual fund. It's not actually a mutual fund, but if you want to, to, were to imagine a mutual fund full of these real estate mortgages that are diversified, people could invest in the fund which would give them some liquidity and also uh, diversification. And their interest rate, we were paying 8%, but interest rates came down a little bit. We're at about seven and three quarters percent. And they get paid uh, on a monthly basis. So what they were earning in a month was more than what the banks were paying in a year. Wow. Right? So what would be in, in, in there, there's a couple of things I want to clarify. One, when you were giving like, let's do like an, an average of 1 million. We yes. are in the San Francisco Bay True. Area. <laughs> okay, we'll so. just take a zero off and say 100,000 with a 65,000. <laughs> there you go. But, but besides that, uh, I would also, you know, because this obviously perks my interest because, you know, there's different different ways that I certainly have gotten burned and I can t- I can tell you that story is this an, is this a good time to t- tell that story sure if you want but m- here's my question before I forget it is what would be like a minimum buy in to uh, a fund like this 50,000 50,000 50, okay. and he, and here's the the catch because of the the fact that we do advertise there's certain rules about that and one of the rules is you have to be, quote, an accredited investor. And an accredited investor is you either have to have a net, a net worth of a million dollars exclusive of your home, mm-hmm. or you have to make 200000 a year. And if you're married, the, the number is 300000 
Well, I guess I won't be investing I'm this sorry. year. This year. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Okay. <laughs> well, I do want to tell, you know, because, I, you know, I, I, I think this is important that, you know, even though I'm a feng shui master, I got wrapped up in the 2008 real estate. I'm going to call it debacle because to me it was a debacle for me. So, you know, uh, prior to that, um, I had a bit of money. I had a bit of money and it was pretty much all in the stock market at that moment in time. And so my portfolio manager was very happy. And but my local bank, um, you know, kind of knew how much money that I was having. And I and I was renting uh, an apartment in the pretty affluent uh, uh, neighborhood in Marin County. And, you know, just because I had a private banker because of... Back then, back then <laughs> um, you know, the, uh, I would have a personal banker uh, working with me, priority banker working with me. Uh, you know, we, you know, would get kind of friendly, you know. So, in you know, I see their side of it as well. Like, you know, find out what this person's all about. And when he found out that I was renting, well, how much is your rent? And it was like, hey, we can get you into your own place. Why pay somebody else's mortgage? Start paying on your own. Sounds like a smart move. It did. Sound like a perfect. And you know what? The real estate, every time, and so I started working with a realtor, and all of a sudden, it was like, you know, you better buy, because if you don't buy, you know, this- The price will go up next price, week. That's yeah. right, you yeah. know, and we've got, I've already got, you know, there's already like four or five, you know, so I fell for a hook, line, and sinker. Okay, and then I got into one of the, you know, big jumbo loans, and so, but, but- I go to my portfolio manager and I said to him, I can buy this place outright cash, still keep money in my portfolio. And everybody's happy. And he was like, oh, that would be the stupidest thing you can do. And I was well, like, he was going to lose out of himself. Of course he was. Yeah. Of course he was. And he had a very compelling argument yeah. that, you know, it would be smart for you to do this and that. And so we you can know, make more money in the stock market than you right. can on the interest rate the bank's charging you. That's sure. right. So I bought high in the real estate market, but every year I, you know, I bought this place for, you know, half a million dollars. And then, you know, a year later, another hundred thousand was on it. And a year after that, another 120. And it was like, I'm going to be a millionaire in five years. Yeah. See, I could have, I could have invested in the fun back then, but, well, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, neither here nor there. Um, 208 happened and I ended having to short sell my property. I lost my entire portfolio because, and this is from my feng shui, this is going to be my feng shui analysis here. I fell in love with my place. And when it was Mm. time to leave it, instead of really looking at the hard reality of it, I thought, oh, it's going to turn around. It's going to turn. But, you know, how many millions of people thought that? Sure. Neither here nor there. It didn't turn around. Lost it all. And, you know, I was kind of at a reboot. I chased that in the stock market years ago when I owned a a stock. This is back in the early 80s when oil was just starting to go down. Mm -hmm. And I bought um, an oil-related company. And I was selling the options on this. And I was making... I don't know, like 20% a year on selling the option. It's a little, little complicated story, but the, the result was that the stock kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And yeah, I can't go lower. I sure can. And then sure enough, it went bankrupt. So um, one of my big pieces of advice to people is don't lose money 
And when we come back, I'm going to explain why that's so important. And, uh, even if you start making money again, the important thing is not to lose it the first time. Yep, that's a good piece of advice. I can't wait to hear it so I don't do it again. So we're going to take a real short break and we're going to be right back and hear more from Edward Brown. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you second guess your business decisions? Whether you struggle or succeed in business depends on you. What if you had access to foretell when certain days and times were vibrant to help you excel in your personal and professional endeavors? You were born with a business DNA. With a five elements business astrology reading, timing is everything, and the time is now. Why wing it when you were born with a unique birth map? For your free business astrology chart, visit freebusinessastrology.com. That's freebusinessastrology.com. Highly successful people know that timing is everything. Kathleen Zamansky's Time Blazer Business Management System taps the ancient wisdom of auspicious timing for your business success. The Time Blazer decodes ancient Chinese wisdom into standard business concepts to help you make crucial decisions at the correct time, whether it's about business, career, education, travel, or even the best time to walk away from a partnership. Find out more at 5elementsgroup.com. That's number 5elementsgroup.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Illuminating Feng Shui. To reach Kathleen or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Kathleen at 5elementsgroup.com. Now, back to Illuminating Feng Shui. Welcome back. This is Kathleen Zemanski. And if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Edward Brown. We were just finishing up the last segment and we were talking about what, you know, get, you're going to give us some tips on not losing money. I yeah. hate to lose money. So <laughs> okay. give me the tip. <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted to explain why it's so important. Okay. First of all, imagine if you have $100,000 in an investment and you lose 20%. You now have to make 25% on your remaining money just to break even. Mm. Because 100,000 times 20% is 80. Now you're going to make 25% of 80, which is your 20,000 back to 100. Okay. And if you lost 25%, you'd have to make 33 and a third percent. Pedal harder. To pedal harder, exactly. Mm. So, as an example here, uh, what's the stock market now? Right around 20,000? Yeah. Okay. In 1987, it was at 2000 okay? So we're talking almost 30 years, and it's gone up 1,000%. Wow. All right? Now, one would think, you know, well, on a simple interest rate, that's you know, 33% a year. That's fantastic. But when you do a compounded monthly rate of return, it's only 7.7%. Now, today's market, 7.7 is really good. But back in 1987, 88, 90, in the 90s, that was uh, terrible. It would've, you would have been better off putting money in the bank at 9%, Okay. 
Now, can Nancy, you believe banks back then? Oh were my gosh, I remember investing. Like, I remember putting money in a money market fund uh, at a bank at at a bank for sixteen percent interest back in 1979, 1980. Those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> and not sure if they're coming back for quite a I while. Not in our okay, lifetime. But get this: it gets even worse for the Nasdaq. All right, for the Nasdaq. It hit the high of 5,000 back in 1999. So we're talking about 18 years later, and now it's about 54, 5,500. Guess what the rate of return is that you would have earned if you doubt? Again, this, this I'm, I'm, you know, picking and choosing. So I'm saying you got in in 1999 when everything was all excitable about the, the Nasdaq, right? The dot com and all that. All right. If you had invested at the top back then. And then it dropped, and mm-hmm. now it's even higher than mm-hmm. it was back then. Well, guess what your rate of return would be compounded for 18 years? For 18 years, I'm going to go with 18. It would be 0.43%. What? Can you imagine that? No. I mean, I mean that's just that, that's terrible. It and the reason, I, the reason I bring this up is I, I don't know where the stock market's going. I don't know where the NASDAQ's going. But if we have another situation where the market drops – and you happen to get in today, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe today is a really good day to invest, but maybe it's not. And if it's not, you're going to drop some amount, and then you're going to have to make a lot more just to make that up. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like real estate, and I like, and even though real estate goes down, um, I like the real estate mortgages. I don't have any of the headaches of owning real estate. And, uh, and I get a, a, a straightforward rate of return. Now, I'm not going to participate in the upswing in the, in the market that the owner of the real estate would get, but I got a lot of protection on the downside. I'd much rather sacrifice uh, a, a higher rate of return for the, for the safety part. Well, I can, from the 2017, and I'll talk a little bit more about this during my feng shui tip, but... It, Actually, there might be some possibilities for you to make some money because we've been talking about in the feng shui world for a couple of years now that we are actually heading for another bubble. And okay. I have some you know, real estate um, friends and, and uh, clients who have already told me that the market properties are staying on longer, prices yes. are dropping, and obviously with our president-elect, we have some interest rates rising. And yeah, yeah, and you got some uncertainty. And, and uncertainty. Yeah. So I, I don't think that we're in quite the same bubble, though. That was um, 2008, no. No, no, no because no. the thing is, it, it is harder to qualify. I mean, you really do have to show income. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if they change the rules again, then that, that could be a problem. But, you know, back in 2008, now, not in your situation, but a lot of other people's situation. Uh, in fact, that movie that came out, um, trying to remember the name of it now, but uh, it was actually fairly accurate with was regard it, to... Was it Wall Street or Wolf or something? No, 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 not the Wolf of Wall Street, which was actually, uh, which was fairly accurate, too. Um, <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> long story, I'll tell you later about that. But, um, no, the fact about people being able to just uh, say, oh, I make uh, three hundred thousand a year. Don't have to prove it; just I do it. Yeah. And and they were able to get, you know, hundred percent financing on loans, and and they couldn't pay them back. Right. N- nowadays, the the banks are a little bit more conservative, which has actually been pretty good for my business, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's harder for me to make loans when the bank is just giving out money like water. Sure. Uh, except that they can never compete with me for speed. Mm-hmm. Right? right. I'm always going to be faster. Right. Because I I will accept an appraisal done 
in the last few weeks by uh, uh, some appraiser if I uh, if I Reputable. trust that appraiser, right. right? The banks can't do that. They have to get their own appraisal. Mm. So you can't just walk into a bank and say, I've already got an appraisal that's, you know, three days old. Right. They say, I'm sorry, the regulations say I have to order my own. Yeah. See, whereas I, I can, I, I want to hear the story. And you want to hear a story? Sure. Okay. So again, without naming any names, we had a client come to us, a borrower come to us, who worked for a very, very large, well-known computer company. I don't have to name the name. Mm-hmm. Okay. This person's W-2 said that he makes $1.3 million per year. Mm-hmm. Previous to that, uh, he'd worked for, for this big company for 18 months. Prior to that, he made 900000 a year for like nine years mm-hmm. straight with another big computer company. He was buying his uh, dream second home in Northern California. Uh, he was buying it for a million two sixty nine. He was putting $400,000 down, so he needed an $869,000 first mortgage. His FICO score was 802. Jeez. He owned $5 million worth of this very large computer company stock. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is never going out of business in my life. Exactly. There, there you have, go. We all know which company I it have, is. I okay. have many of their products. Yes you, do, yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway... Um, he was all he had put down fifty thousand dollars non-refundable to get this uh, on this house and he had to close it and he had like three months to close so it's no big deal he didn't need me he went to the bank and sure enough the bank said of course we're going to make you this loan well lo and behold two weeks before he's ready to close escrow the bank calls him up and says i'm sorry mr jones we can't make you the loan what? he says you gotta be kidding why he says, well, we just realized that you've only worked for this big computer company for 18 months. You haven't worked there for two years. He says, I know, but I've, I I worked for the other big company for nine years. I, the reason I chose this bigger one is because my income went from 900000 to a million three. which, by the way, this is the first time I've ever had a situation where someone's W-2 was larger than the loan they were requesting. <clears throat> and then he said, he said, wait a minute, what about the $5 million worth of stock that I own? And they say, well... It's not vested yet because you haven't worked there for two years. And, you know, in six months, this big company could go out of business. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Because we know the name of that company. Exactly, yeah. And so when he came to us. Not a startup. (laughs) Yeah, not a startup. Exactly. And so when he came to us, we looked and we we liked the story. And we liked the fact that he was putting down a substantial down payment, which he, uh, because it was a second home, he was going to personally guarantee the loan anyway. And, you know, uh, sure enough, after like, you know, six more months when he finally got enough time in for his two years, he refinanced us out and we charged him nine and a half percent interest. So it was a great deal for us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, had another situation where this lady uh, may her, her family was in the oil well business for like the last 150 years. She makes $50,000 a month. Okay, I'll make this real fast. Okay, she makes $50,000 a month, but unfortunately, her sister handled her finances and forgot to pay a couple of bills. So her FICO score was just just, just below the limit. Mm. Don't have enough time to finish off that story, but that's another one that we loved 
because the, the, there was enough equity in the property, right, that they were able yeah. to to kind of to kind of handle that. So you know, one of the things I I'm going to ask you right when we get back from from break is I'd like to have your opinion on where you think the real estate market is going, Absolutely. and we'll we'll pick it up um, from there. So we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Edward Brown. We're also going to um, have ways for you to contact Edward if you'd like to find out more about uh, mortgages, investing in mortgages, or life insurance. And uh, we're going to just take a short break. We'll be back real soon. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. successful people know that timing is everything. Kathleen Zamansky's Time Blazer Business Management System taps the ancient wisdom of auspicious timing for your business success. The Time Blazer decodes ancient Chinese wisdom into standard business concepts to help you make crucial decisions at the correct time, whether it's about business, career, education, travel, or even the best time to walk away from a partnership. Find out more at 5elementsgroup.com. That's number 5elementsgroup.com. Do you second-guess your business decisions? Whether you struggle or succeed in business depends on you. What if you had access to foretell when certain days and times were vibrant to help you excel in your personal and professional endeavors? You were born with a business DNA. With a 5 Elements Business Astrology reading, timing is everything, and the time is now. Why wing it when you were born with a unique birth map? For your free business astrology chart, visit freebusinessastrology.com. That's freebusinessastrology.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Illuminating Feng Shui. To reach Kathleen or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Kathleen at 5elementsgroup.com. Now, back to Illuminating Feng Shui. And we're back. This is your host, Kathleen Zemanski. Edward, the time flies so quickly. Oh, but yes, there, it does. I want to ask you one more question. Okay. What is your opinion of what the real estate market is going to happen over the next year or so? I think it's going to be relatively flat. I don't think we're going to have uh, any big upswings, uh, but I also don't think we're going to have a crash. Um, there's still a lot of uncertainty with the new administration. Interest rates are starting to go up, uh, but I don't think it's going to be enough over the next year to um, you know, make it change that much. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kind of a boring answer, I know. But. Well, no. You know what? Sometimes, you know... Sometimes boring is good. Sometimes boring yeah. is good, especially if you're a property owner. Yeah. Um, that's probably um, music to some people's yeah. ears anyway. So, but you know what? Um, I'm sure some of my listeners would love to uh, find out more about what you do and whether it be life insurance, investing in, in the, the fund, if you will, or even mm-hmm. uh, finding more about how to get that money if they need it. Yeah. So what would they need to do to find you? 
Okay, so for the insurance, uh, I have an 888 number that they can call uh, toll-free. So it's 888-912-1190, or they can email me at edward at bestofinvesting.com. And what the, I would need would be just you know your name, your contact information, uh, how much insurance you want, and your age. Uh, and then if there's any kind of health issues like smoking or, you know, heart disease or something that would affect the quote, um, and then I'll get back to you with how much it costs and, uh, you know, no hard pressure, high pressure sales or anything like that. And then with regard to the, uh, real estate mortgage, uh, investments, uh, they should check out Pacific money fund, um, and they can go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. Uh, to or you can actually I, I have my email for that is edward at pacificprivatemoney.com and whether you are a borrower who needs money or whether you are a an investor you can contact me that way okay well thank you for your time today I appreciate it you're very welcome so now it's time for my weekly feng shui astrology or auspicious timing tip. So we are on the cusp of the fire rooster that's going to begin on February 3rd. So what I'd like to talk to you about are some of the industries that are going to do really well and some of them that are going to be a bit challenging. So I'm also going to uh, talk about the zodiac on which animals are going to have a boost and which ones are not going to fare so well. So first, from an economic perspective, Perspective, it does look like the U.S. is going to at least do all right. We're going to fare pretty well uh, according to the outcome of, you know, the trends that are happening this year. So, you know, if you live in the United States, that's great. Some of the other countries like Europe, specifically England, they're going to have a bit of a downturn, mostly due to the BRICS. There's going to be lots of shifts and changes that are going to be happening over the course of the year. Now, when we look at astrology, we uh, you know, we look at what's happening in any country. And so we go to the leaders of that country. And in the United States, we have a new administration coming in. So that's going to be looking at Donald Trump's chart. So, you know, just like everyone, Donald Trump doesn't have a perfect chart. Um, there's going to be some dominant elements and animals that are going to prevail. And they're going to give you a certain read on what's going to happen with that particular person. Now, one of the dominant elements in Donald Trump's chart is Earth. And in 2017, Earth is one of the least, is the least favorable element. So Earth is going to affect the real estate market. Now, already for a couple of years, in the feng shui world. We've been studying this for uh, quite some time and we know that um, the real estate is going to hit another bubble, um, not as bad as it was in the past, but we we would um, be looking at that. Now, realtor friends of mine have told me that listings are staying longer on the market prices are dropping a bit. So real estate in particular is not going to do too well. Now that's going to be especially true for the flippers, if you will. These are the people who are looking to make a quick sale. And so if you bought high in the market and you're not in it for the long run, this would be um, probably a, a strategy that you may want to think about of dumping your holdings at the beginning of the year, because we're going to start seeing um, probably the the 
market of the real estate market flattening out um, around July. So, but if you are, you know, someone who is in for the long term, just keep holding on and it will uh, rebound, obviously. But for those of uh, those people that have definitely maybe, you know, um, you know, had to foreclose, um, it's a perfect opportunity if you have some cash that you can go ahead and, you know, pick up some good deals. So it could be a fortunate year as from, from that perspective. Now, now, if you have a dog, an ox, a dragon, or a goat in your chart, this is also this means that you have a lot of earth in your chart. So you may want to think about um, some strategies on how best to hold on to your money this year. So weaving back to Donald Trump, he does have a horse in your chart, and this is located in his birth month. And so this is um, relating to career, character, ambitions, and it is one of the most favorable animals in 2017. So if you you have a horse in your chart, then you will also fare very well in 2017. But just remember that these energies um, go by very quickly. It's just a year's time. So if you do have um, a, a horse in your chart, you want to think really big and how you can get your big ideas into the world and into the marketplace. So um, the other thing that you want to look at are some of the elements that are going to be favorable this year and to find out things about your astrology chart just go to www.freebusinessastrology.com and you can look at your animals and your elements so another animal i just want to mention that's going to do very very well in 2017 is anyone born in the year or month or day or hour of the rooster they're going to do quite well and so i would like you to think about raising your bar quite high and go after some pretty interesting um, opportunities. Now, one of the elements that is going to do very well this year in industries are anything in the fire industries. So that has anything to do with the beauty industries, uh, estheticians, cosmetic surgery, skincare, anything to do with the body, like gym, spas, uh, you know, like the detox programs, that kind of thing. And then anything to do with technology. So app development, launching um, a website, social media. So if you have fire in your chart, you definitely want to get out uh, in social media. So those are some of the, the favorable ones that you would like to tap into for 2017. Now I go further into these animals, elements, worldly trends, and I'm going to be doing that this Saturday on January the 14th. I have my full day fire rooster feng shui astrology talk. And if you would like more information about that, go to bit.ly forward slash 2017 annual talk. Thanks for spending time with me here today. I wish you a very wonderful week. I look forward to talking with you next time on Illuminating Feng Shui. And until next week, make good chi follow. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Illuminating Feng Shui. Please join Kathleen Zamansky again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we look at other aspects to power up your workspace.